Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. Welcome to episode 105 of the In Kicks We Trust podcast. I'm here with three-fifths of the In Kicks We Trust team. Kev, how's it going? What's going on, everyone? Kali, how's it going? I mean, it's all Christmas time. I'm eating a handful of gingerbread, man. This uh, Pokemon came out. I got some good uh, concentrates. You know, it's a, it's a good night. Kali's living, living his best life over here. Living his best life. Yeah. <laughs> And this week we are joined by Steve, so you may know him on Instagram as 23MJ88. Steve has a large collection of basketball shoes and was one of the uh, the better shoe reviewers that I see for basketball shoes out there. So I love his content and specifically, Steve, I love the uh, the old school videos he posts from the, the 90s and the 2000s. So wanted to get him on here and chop it up. And especially because he's a Canadian, we wanted to get him on here for sure. So Steve, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you jumping on. Thank you very much for having me on, and I'm looking forward to it. And I just wanted to say congratulations on just passing 100 episodes. I have thought about joining the podcast round, but the fact of just doing one episode scares the shit out of me. So congratulations <laughs> on hitting 100. And uh, yeah, definitely happy to be on the episode today. So thank well, you very I much. Episode 99 should have been more iconic when Gretchen Canada, but you know, good too. <laughs> 100 was good, too. 100, 100 is a good accomplishment, too. Hey, man, Absolutely. YouTube scares the crap out of me. So, I mean, the shoe reviews that you yeah. do, just as impressive. Yeah. Thank you very much. Absolutely, yeah. Which we will get into in a minute, but we will start this off like we always do with our weekly wears and pickups. So, Kev, why don't you begin? Yeah, okay. So, I started off my week with that SB Dunk High MF Doom. So, as you guys may have remembered, I picked that up on the treasure hunt. Super happy to add that to the collection. I had to slap that on right away. But rock those. Also rocked my uh, True Blue Jordan 3s, the Tom Sachs General Purpose shoe, that Dark Sulfur colorway. Also rocked the uh, Shadow Jordan 1s. I rocked one of my Nike ID Air Max 1s, the uh, Jacquard pair. It was like a gray with blue and red on it. Also the Dunk Low Golden Rods. Also rocked Cool Gray 4s, the OG pair, which... I'm afraid it might be on its last legs, but I try to give it some run every once in a while. And then lastly, today I rocked your Max 1 Pendletons. So that was my rotation for the week. And in terms of pickups, I have a couple pickups, but they were, I don't know if, if anyone's been tuning into uh, Net Magnetism's uh, whatnot streams, but he's been running those quite frequently. And I see a lot of familiar faces on there. Well, not faces, but I see a lot of familiar people that I, uh, that I know on the stream. So the chat's always pretty wild, but he's been doing these mystery boxes. And I kind of just got tempted into copying a couple of those and, um, you know, in hopes of getting the grand prize, he usually does these like pretty fun and unique ways of you know, these big giveaways as well in his whatnot stream. So if you haven't checked it out, check that out. But I did pick up a couple of mystery boxes, didn't get the grand prizes, but, you know, he did throw in some pretty decent shoes. So one of them was a Air Max 90, like this polka dot one, which is super dope. Actually, my wife really, really likes it. So she's going to take that. We kind of almost have the same size. Actually, Air Max 90, she can wear the same size as me. So she wants to take those ones. And then uh, the other one was Air Max Celery, which I already have. So but I changed that into hybrid. But anyways, 
just want to shout out NetMag just for those whatnot streams have a lot of fun and I just kind of got tempted into copying those but other than that those were my pickups and wares for the week good week Kev lots of good wares in there I hope those cool great fours last you for a little bit <laughs> yeah they felt fine today or sorry I wore them yesterday they felt fine but when I look at them like the bubble is like completely clouded up so I so know that's the 04 that, pair that's the 04 pair yeah oh, okay yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah they're almost 20 years old yeah a little bit of separation oh, yeah. so yeah. who knows how much longer they'll last but trying to get them a couple wears here and there just to kind of preserve that but i know they're going to go soon so yeah absolutely I actually wore my cool gray fours which i'll talk about in a minute this week but yeah they're uh <laughs> they're they're almost there kev you're gonna need to find a donor pretty soon maybe on your next treasure hunt yeah possibly nice good week collie what about you I mean, it's sad Rich isn't here because he got to talk about his week, uh, picking up some Uggs and all that, you know, the winter, the snow is here. But me, no pickups when it comes shoes-wise. I'm, I'm being good. You know, I'm waiting. There's going to be some big purchases maybe in the future. And we just got to wait on uh, shoes. I mean, I did a few purchases. like on my mom an iPad for Christmas, did my Christmas shopping. So that's nice. But wears, snow is here. So I don't know if I'm going to really be able to wear a lot. I wore the... Adidas, Terex, Free Hiker, Cold Readies. I love those. They're the best purchase winter boot I could have got. They're a sneaker boot, but you know what? They work. They're the only actual sneaker boot that is worth getting and does work. Sorry, Rich. You can't pay wear any of the stuff you do. I don't know what you're doing. You're, it makes no sense. I did get to right before the snow hit. I was wearing my Ultra Boost to the nice kicks. Oh, I went out for dinner, so I wore some Gucci shoes. Those were nice. Check my IG for those. <laughs> oh, that was it. Yeah. Nice. Those Terex free hikers that you got, I saw you, you posted a picture of them a couple days ago, I think it was. They look really nice. Yeah. And they're, it's full boost on them, right? Yeah, full boost. Oh, they're so comfortable. And I, you can run in them. Like, I was running today. Like, you got to be careful. Don't slip on ice, I, you know, <laughs> but I was running. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think a sneaker boot or any boot is going to stop you from slipping on ice, but they look like a good shoe. Like, they actually look, they look like they, they'll be really comfortable for the winter, too. And for taking the bus and stuff like that, I have a pair of... Nike boots, Colin would remember them. They're called the, I think it's the Nevest or something like that. It's got like almost like a like a free run sole, oh, like a, not, okay, not, not not quite a free run sole, but it's more of a like a flexible sole and yeah, less okay. less stiff than you would find in a normal boot. So I kind of had those as like a beater pair, just like if I needed to take the bus, shovel snow, like just something that all black, didn't care if it got dirty, sort of thing. So I've been I've been rocking those for oh God, got it almost a decade now. But yeah, like that kind of thing is really nice for winter. So I'm sure there'll be good collie when you're uh, going to work and taking the bus and everything. Good week. Steve, what about you? You know, I've really outdoors. It's been kind of slushy here. The weather's been warming up. So I've got a beater pair of the 2020 Air Max 90 or Air Max 3 infrareds I've been wearing. Radiant red, I guess that's the true term. And then most of my stuff's been on court. MBO2s, been wearing these lots. Just finished that one up. And then GT Jumps, the airship pro i've been wearing those the black and red pair and then other than that i was down and out i think it was tuesday wednesday thursday with being sick so i was not wearing anything other than some like slippers around the house so uh, a pretty light week this week for me but for pickups i grabbed the uh air max 97 the uh, silver bullet the one we talked about before i think starting the film here yeah I grabbed a pair, pair from less less one seven i was actually not even 100 percent sure if i wanted them and I was kind of like, ah, I missed out on the 2017 pair. And then the price of those just went crazy, like $500. Yeah, why was so that? I was what like, was you know what? 
I don't get it. Everyone was on the, you know, the hype train for 97s on the, I think it was the 20th anniversary. So I was like, you know what, I'll grab them. And then I refreshed the page and like all the sizes were gone. So I was like, well, it was good. I grabbed them and now I can see them in person, see if I want them, which they're great. And uh, I haven't worn 97s in quite some time. And then I grabbed these guys off livestock. A lot of people oh, nice. think these are just a, a mashup of the Japans and the Atlantic Blues. But there are catalog picks from Japan from 97. And these are actually samples from 1997. So having the black mudguard rather than the blue, a lot of people just think they're a mashup. But yeah. so I grabbed these. These are on sale right now on livestock, I think, for 168 So you couldn't really beat the price. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to grab the silver bullets, I've been really eyeing these. So for the price, I wasn't too mad at that. I grabbed another pair. I think these were $80 on eBay. The GT Jumps. One of my favorite hoop shoes right now. I think retail was $180 USD. This colorway didn't come out in Canada. This is uh, the Chaos colorway. So yeah, comfort-wise, it's double stack Zoom Air. It's got the full-length Zoom uh, strobel. And then it has a massive, like extremely massive Zoom bag here. And then one at the forefoot as well. So it's just a really reliable hoop shoe. Kind of like hyper dunk-ish, but yeah, it's just a great hoop shoe all the way around. And then there was one other one that came this week. I can't remember. I just ordered a pair of the white, all-white home LeBron 20s, ID4 shoes. They kind of hooked it up with just straight retail, straight from uh, Taiwan. So I just kind of grabbed those. And then I'm sure we'll get into it, but the uh, Air Jordan 1, Lost and Found. I was able to secure a pair through a friend, so I'll just leave it at that. But so, that's not here, but I'll be grabbing those, I guess, tomorrow through a friend. So. I was about to say, the the lot, it's the day before the Lost and Founds came out. I was actually going to touch yeah. on, because I, I, I won some raffles, too, on uh, the nostalgia that I felt you, going to. You won some raffles or a raffle? Two. <laughs> that's awesome. I won a GS pair and a men's pair, so. That's very, very dope. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, so and you know what's funny? The the GS pair is for my girl and the, the men's <clears throat> pair is for Rich actually. So Oh nice. Not, not even for me. The uh, okay. I'll get I'll get into it in a minute. But yeah, it was it was a very nice feeling to go into the mall and sign up for a raffle. It was something I hadn't felt in a while. So the Chicago's, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited for those to come back out tomorrow. The, the storytelling was is awesome. And we can touch on this after, but I've kind of set a rule for myself that I will not purchase an Air Jordan one unless it's an 85 high because not trying to be like an over, you know, over the top purist, but I just like the specs on the 85 highs. And I've got some in front of me if you guys want to touch on that later, but I'm kind of caving on this release. So yeah, hard to pass up a Chicago colorway, I think. So uh, Chicago is <laughs> very hard. Yeah, very, very hard. If it had a jump, if it had a jump man on the heel and the tongue, I would pass it up. But. Yeah, yeah, most people probably would too. But yeah, I mean, it's like everyone else, you know, this Chicago with the the age look and you know the storytelling, like Trev said, just a lot of people just needed to have these, man. So yeah, and they and they did update some stuff on them as well compared to the standard. Like moving forward from this release, moving on, they changed the wings logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed no the toe box. It's more slanted, like the OGs. The yeah. wings logo instead of impressed into the ankle collar i think it's debossed is the term but so they did change that as well so they did change some stuff on the regular version it doesn't have the standard really thin insole it's got the new polyurethane the black polyurethane insole so there are some updates to it so i'm not too mad at it but yeah they they're changing things a little bit on the standard Mm -hmm. ones so yeah i did hear about that insole and i'm excited i'm excited to hear how that insole changes things i'll I'll tell you right now it's not as good as the insole that's in these guys 
the really the thick, like 85 varsity reds. Thick. So Steve's holding up the 85 yeah, these varsity are the, reds. Yeah, the 85 varsity reds. I've got all uh, one, two, three, all four releases here in front of me so far. But yeah, the insoles and in those, they're like extremely thick. There's a bunch of arch support and they're the really thick white polyurethane. So that's what came in the 1985 uh, original pairs. So they stand the test of time. Nice. That's a good week. I'm, I'm excited that you're going to get those pairs. I'm excited to see the review too. Just get the, get the whole Absolutely. rundown on the shoe. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Good week, Steve. For me, I actually wore a lot of pairs of shoes this week, and we're recording a little bit later from our last episode, so a couple extra wears this week. But again, I'm really trying to bust stuff out, and especially, I definitely had that thought because we got snow here in Ontario a couple of days ago, so I'm definitely getting that like, oh, I got to put some stuff away, which I didn't think I was going to have to do so early. <laughs> but Air Jordan 5 Metallics, I wore my Air Max 90 Mars Landings. That is a perfect fall and winter shoe. Yeah, I agree. I've been looking at them for months because they they just sit on top of some boxes behind me here. And I busted them out and I'm like, man, this is such a good winter shoe. Like winter, fall, like just perfect. So those will be busted out quite a bit in the, the upcoming months. I also wore my Air Jordan 4 Cool Grays, Kev. Nice, nice. Yeah, I know. And then they're the new pair, so... 2019. <laughs> 20, 2019, yes. I wore those for, to go get my pickup. So we'll talk good about it in a minute. Air Jordan 9 Holmes, or as some people call them, the Space Jams. Space Jam. Don't get I, it, but anyways. <laughs> I, it was in Space They Jam. weren't the Space Jams until they came out. Well, they, it's not even when they came out again, is it? It's just when the movie came out again, they called it that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, or, the, or the anniversary, sorry. Or the anniversary when the Black Concord 11s came out. Yeah. Everyone they, started calling them Space Jams. And it's like, mm-hmm. when did that become? Yeah. That? When was that? Yeah. When was that? It's never... No one has ever called them that. You know what was funny? I always referred to that shoe. It was funny to me because I always referred to it that way. Like, that's the first pair of Jordans I ever bought was that Air Jordan 9 Home. So, and that was the 2010 pair, I think it was. I think that was the last time it came out before 16. So, that was the first pair of Jordans I ever bought with my own money. And to me, that was always such a special pair. Like, I remember that pair for the movie, not the Space Jam 11s. So, funny story. When people started calling them the Space Jams, I'm like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I understand that. Like, that makes sense to me. I'd always talk about that shoe. Like, you know, when I'd be like, oh, I loved when they went and got the shoe from 3D Land, you know, catch Featherhead. I always kind of talked about that moment. So it's kind of cool. But you're right. No one was calling them Space Jams until 2016. So you call them whatever you want. And they're Jordan 9. Yeah, no, it just kind of became a thing. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> call them whatever you want. But yeah, they never were that before that anniversary date. They absolutely were not. I wore Air Jordan 1 Bread Toes this week to go sign up for the Chicago Raffles. I wore the Air Jordan 1 Sale, and I want to touch on that because it was a such a nostalgic thing to go to the mall and sign up for raffles. I can't tell you how nostalgic it was to go get in my car at 5.30, drive to the mall, hit up Foot Locker, uh, well, kids Foot Locker for my girls' pair. I didn't hit up Foot Locker because I didn't need a men's pair, but I passed by Champs. They had a short line, so I'm like, uh, let me just sign up for a men's pair here, you know, whatever. Let's see, let's see what happens. And, you know, it was so nostalgic to go to the mall, sign up for pairs, and, you know, this is Friday, so we've already got calls. So, you know, I got the call for the, the GS pair and the men's pair. It was so nostalgic. I'm actually so excited to go to the mall tomorrow and pick up pairs on a Saturday morning. I I just, I feel like all this tech has ruined the hunt for shoes. Yes. For me, I would rather, like, I don't know if you guys were around, like, I think it was like 2006 or seven when Full Locker started doing the uh, gift card thing where you would pre-order pairs. Yep. So I was working at Full Locker Chinook. Shout out to Jermaine 
Nico, Paul, Mark Gallo, all those guys. I worked with all those guys there. So yeah, we would do the gift card thing. But then when the whole raffle thing started in person, I would prefer to drive around because you do it through the app and it just, I don't know, it's a little goofy. And when you go in person, you get to meet people at the stores and, you know, chat them up and all that. Absolutely. Like you said, yeah, it's, yep. just, it's nostalgic. I'd rather do the footwork for my shoes. And now look, you won. It's just like, oh, I went in person. It was such a good feeling. And uh, Steve, I'm a yeah. fellow zebra as well. I worked there from 2010 yeah. to 2018. So I kind of was there Very at the nice. end of the gift card period. But yeah, it was so nostalgic. And I can't tell you how excited I am to go pick up a fresh pair of Jordans. They're not even for me. Yeah. But I'm so excited that I won a raffle. I got the call from Champs and, and Foot Locker, you know, like, hey, congratulations, you won the pair. Like, it's like 2016, 2017, 20, 2012 all over again. Like, I'm just, it was such a nostalgic feeling. I, I don't care who I have to tag. I'm probably going to make a post about with the pairs that I got and just be like, tag every single retailer in Canada. Be like, this was so nostalgic. You need to do more of this. Because it's the way just, to do it. Yeah, it was such a nice feeling. There wasn't the same camaraderie that we would have had in that time period. Like, you know, I didn't talk to anyone in the line or anything. I was only in there for 10 or 20 minutes, but it was so nice. I just, it was so, so nice. <laughs> so, yes, I won, I wore the Air Jordan 1 sales to go sign up for that. And yesterday I wore the Air Jordan 4 Brent. So, pickup. I finally broke my pickup streak. And when I say I broke up my, sorry, I broke my non-pickup streak. And when I say I broke it, I broke it hard. I bought four pairs since we last recorded. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be an expensive couple months for me. So I talked about this on our last episode and Steve and I were talking about this. He talked about it. I picked up the same pair as him. So I picked up the Air Max 97 silver bullets. As Steve kind of said, when these came out in 2016, 2017. Yes, sir. When these came out in like 2016, 2017, I was still working at Foot Locker. Yeah. I, I think they came out originally 16 and then they came out again at the end of 16, beginning of 17. They kept kind of restocking them. So I remember when they came out, my assistant manager at the football, uh, or sorry, one of my, you know, it was my assistant at the time. He got them. He was able to do a stock locate order on them, like just shipped them to our store and was able to get them on discount. It was a great deal. And he's like, yo, you should get these. They're so nice. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm just not really a fan. I could do without these. I don't need them. Of course, time goes by and you're like, oh my God, these are so nice. How did I sleep on these? I need this pair. And as you said, Steve, they went up to like five, 600 bucks. And it's like, oh my God, I'm not paying that much money for these things. Right. So when they came back out again, I was not sleeping for a second time. So I was able to pick these up on release day. Shout out to Collie. He went to, uh, not Foot Locker, sorry. He was at Square it's One. the day after release day, wasn't it? Was it the day after? Maybe, you, maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. It was, I, it was released on Friday. I think I was there Saturday or. Yes, you're right. It was the day after. Yes. So the, the day after they released, Collie was at Square One. He was blowing up my phone on the morning when I was on the golf course playing my last round of the year, but they had an 11 and a half at square one. So I, I had to go try. I, I, I didn't want to commit to it because I wasn't sure how the 11 and a half was going to fit. I know I've heard that. Cause I was at square one and I'm messaging Trev and I don't have a cell phone plan. So I had to go to the Apple store and my phone was dead. So I asked him to borrow a charger and I'm messaging him with Trev. Wake the fuck up. What are you doing? I called him like five <laughs> times. He still didn't pick up. So I was, then I went I was... and walked around the mall for one more hour, came back and tried again. And I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm left. I got home. He's like, oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I appreciate that because I wouldn't have gone there if you hadn't have told me, but I did want to try the 11 and a half on and I was willing to <laughs> risk not getting them because if the 11 and a half was too small, I figured there would be another release at some point. 
But to my surprise, I went there and the 11 and a half actually fit pretty well. I wore thicker socks specifically with the intention that I was going to try it on. So I wanted to see how it fit and it was good. Are you, are you usually a 12 or 11? Yeah, like a very true 12. Like I'm, I'm probably oh, okay. like an 11 and three quarters. The 97s, I feel like they kind of run long, but they're super narrow. Yes. That's what I've found with 97s. Like my toes, not really near the end, but the, they're very narrow to where if you're a wide footer and you go that half size down, I think you'll be screwed. Yeah. So 11 and a half tends to be too small most of the time. And 12 is like always the right fit. In, in certain things, I can do the 11 and a half Air Max ones as an example. Like I could, if it's an 11 and a half, it's no problem sort of thing. Right. So the only 97s I have are in a 12. So I was a little, I was hesitant to do the 11 and a half. So ironically enough, I actually, I went to Sherway first because I wanted to check if I was going to be able to get a 12 there and they didn't even get the 97. So I'm like, oh, geez, I would drove all this way and they didn't even get the damn shoe. So there's not even like they had a 12 there. So anyways, I went to square one, they had it. And we talked about this. I went in and I was like, do you have a 12? And anticipating that Collie had already checked for me and they didn't have a 12, right? But I don't know, maybe they got some shipments or something like that, whatever. So no, they didn't have a 12, but we have an 11 and a half. So can I try it on? This is like, a, this is Saturday. So we're almost 48 hours after the shoes released at the end of the day. It's probably like eight o'clock or something like that. Guys like, you know, we're not supposed to let you try it on until like, I think he said three or four days after the release. I'm like, it's 48 hours because he told me he's like you have to wait because i asked if i could buy it or uh, if it's returnable he's like no man it's a release you 48 hours i'm like oh yeah it came out yesterday so it would need to be tomorrow yeah so that was the other thing he said there's no return on the shoe which was i was like oh okay that was nike's new return policy coming into play but yeah tried them on they would fit fine i wasn't able to walk around in them because they're like you gotta just like you can't really you're not really supposed to try these on i'm like do you want to make the sale or not like it's like literally one hour before it would be 48 hours exactly. So if you like, I'm not going to run around in them. I'm not going to jam my foot in the shoe. Like, trust me, like you can see that I'm wearing something nice. Like I know what, I know what I'm putting my foot into. So yeah, I was happy to get them and shout out to the homie Denim Hearts. He, um, Yorkdale actually had a 12 and he actually went back there over the weekend to try and get me the 12. So appreciate him for doing that. But yeah, that's my pickup. And I'm super stoked to have those finally in my collection. Great nice. pickup. Yeah, definitely a great pickup. Wait, I thought you said you had four pairs. You only talked about the one. None of them are here yet, Kev. Ah, okay. I see. Okay. Oh, so you can't you can't yeah, talk yeah. about them unless they're here. One has arrived at Juan's house. The other one is still in the process of going through authentication, so I won't talk about it until I get it. Yeah. The other two will be have pick out, or the other one is one or two is coming tomorrow. So now, 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 what's up with the whole authentication thing at StockX now? Now they're not guaranteeing a hundred percent authentication. And I've been through this. I don't know if you guys saw my post about two years ago, but uh, yeah, the whole authentication. I've been burned through StockX before, and uh, I think it was Scholar that helped. Scholar twenty three, Sean Collard helped me out with that one uh, with the. Uh, beginning moments package new beginning the uh yeah. new beginnings package i always get them mixed up mixed up but uh yeah so the, that whole thing with the they don't guarantee it anymore they took the 100 percent guarantee out of you know the whole authentication process it's a little goofy but i'm sure i'm sure you could do a better job than they could do anyways just don't <laughs> cut your don't don't cut your tags off like i did <laughs> i mean now if you just claim to your credit card that it's fake and they try to stay on and doesn't like it's no, they're guaranteed. They don't. They say it's not guaranteed to be real anymore. Yeah. They're legally yeah. not allowed to sell fakes. It's against the law, so yeah. you can always get your money back. So, 
Yeah, I, I went through that whole process with StockX, like the whole process. And it was, mine was a lot of money. So a couple thousand dollars. So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty insane to go through getting your money back. That authentication piece is key, right? Like, I mean, 100%. And you know, like my thing is, is I always, I open the box. I've already got scissors in hand because I'm like super pumped to have a shoe and it's just like cut. And then I looked at the liner of the shoe and the leather and I was like, holy shit. And I ran upstairs and grabbed my authentic pack with receipts in it from Chicago. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. You always hear about it, like StockX passing fakes. But then I still have video footage of it, of the two pairs. And it's like night and day, like straight off the factory belt in China at the worst factory. And it was just such a huge piss off that I cut the tags off. Because like you said, that's, that's key is if you have the tag on, that's the thing, right? And I cut them off. So I think it was, yeah, it was Sean and a couple other guys vouched for me and got like the VP of StockX involved. And he was texting and calling and he did the whole thing for me. So it was pretty crazy. Shit, that's great. I mean, well, luckily, luckily you had, you know, people to vouch for you, right? But yeah, I, mean, yeah, I can't absolutely. imagine like how many other people this might have happened to. And they have you know, no just, idea. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It just seems to be getting worse and worse for them. So I'm sure that whole, you know, removing the verbiage of the authentic pairs or whatever has a lot to do with their mm-hmm. lawsuit with Nike and everything. So they're trying to protect themselves as much as they can yes, before they absolutely. dig themselves into another hole. So. I'm trying to stay away from them as much as possible anyways. Yeah. But well, now uh, the main question is at sneaker shows and people value sneakers, is StockX still the go-to? Yeah, see, that's wow. another thing too, because it's always been like the black book for pricing and everything. And, you know, yeah. So if I don't know who's buying it anymore, if the prices are even like, if it's a good way to gauge anymore, because... You How know, do you use it as a platform to gauge what it's worth when they don't give you that guarantee? Yeah, it's a very slippery slope, but I'm going to knock on wood for Trev that his pair is going to be authentic. So, yeah, definitely. Well, I trust the homies at eBay to, to authenticate it. And the pair that I actually got, if you guys have been listening to the past episodes, you probably heard me talk about it is, yeah, I just went back and bought another pair of the same shoe. So the last time I bought it, it was did not pass authentication. So the hope is that this one will pass authentication. Good week, though, Trev. Good week. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a special guest. We're going to get into it. Steve, a.k.a. 23MJ88 on Instagram. Uh, Welcome, Steve. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. But yeah, we'll start off like we always do. We'll just ask you, you know, just uh, tell us a little bit about where your sneaker journey began. You know, what are some of your favorite brands, models, colorways that got you into sneakers? Yeah, so I kind of, my whole journey started in around 1997. Obviously a huge Bulls fan towards the tail end of the second three-peat. My dad kind of got me into it. My dad is huge into Air Forces and Air Max 90s. Uh, Ever since I can remember growing up as a kid, like he's always getting a new fresh pair from the mall, taking care of his stuff. He was kind of like the old school guy with the toothbrush cleaning his shoes. So around 97, I can remember that because of the Air More Up Tempos was, they were kind of around that time. So I remember them on shelves. But specifically, I remember a family trip to uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. And I think it was like a hundred bucks that each kid got. And it was like, what do you want to do? You can go to Toys R Us. You can get this, you can get that. And I was like, take me to the mall. I want to see what's on the shelves for shoes. 
And I, it was up-tempo. It wasn't the Airmore up-tempos. It was a 97. But I did get a pair of up-tempos for basketball. I have a photo of them. I'll see if I can send it to you guys. But uh, that was kind of where it began for me in 1997. And then moving on from that, I've met a lot of people along the way in the late 90s. And then another, you know, kind of pair that really stands out to me is the uh, Zoom Flight 98. It wasn't the Zoom Flight 98. In 98, it was just called Zoom Flight. These guys here, the Gary Paytons. But yeah, there beautiful. was the takedown, the takedown version, the son of glove. So I specifically remember getting those in like 98 as well. So, you know, playing basketball religiously growing up, I've always been a huge fan of tech, everything tech, like it can look great, but what's in it that provides that comfort and that support, traction, all that kind of stuff. So I've always been a geek into that. And I'll touch on more of that later. But, you know, late 90s, that's kind of where it began for me. I would say, yeah, it was my dad that got me into it out of all people. And he's the one that's kind of made fun of it ever since. But he knows that he kind of created the shoe wacko. So, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's amazing, though, because to have somebody in your household that also went through that sort of, I don't want to call it like a phase, but just that culture as well, you know, cleaning with the toothbrush and all that stuff. And oh, yeah. you kind of see that, right? And and you kind of want to be a part of that too. But, you know, safe to say, I guess, you know, growing up, you were like a Nike kid then, Nike, Jordan, that type of thing. Nike, yeah, Nike, Nike, it was like Nike. And I didn't really get into Jordans too much, like in 97 or 98 because of the price point. Like even with the Zoom Flight 98s, like I think retail was like 125 USD. I think it was like 180 or 190 in Canada. The son of gloves were... I think they were like $79. They had a cheaper zipper. They didn't have the zoom bags. It was just encapsulated air in the uh, midsole. Looked the same, but it was not the same. But to me, I had the zipper basketball shoes that all the yeah, kids were wearing. And, definitely. you know, again, funny story about those. Like I was bugging my dad because everyone on the team had them. And I was like the only one that didn't. And there was a specific mall that had them in stock. And it was Portage Place in Winnipeg. But he went to a different mall. And he's like, they didn't have them. I got you a pair of up tempos. And I was like, yeah, I'm not wearing these. <laughs> yeah. I ended up wearing them because I didn't choice, have anything yeah. else to wear. But I, bu- I, but I bugged him for like the next six weeks. And before we went to a basketball tournament in Saskatchewan, he brought them home for me, the black and white son of gloves. So yeah, it's it was nonstop with me and my dad, you know, always yeah. kind of after him, like the latest shoe and all that. So, yeah. but well, Nike least- through and through. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you understood though. You know what I mean? Like if I told my parents I have to have this pair, they'd be like, what's the difference? Just get this pair. At least your dad would understand because he's a, yeah. a sneaker guy too, right? So he was at a least sneaker can... guy. But my siblings were pissed because <laughs> they didn't get the amount of stuff that I got. Yeah. And I was, you know, they all play basketball too, but I would, if they're listening to this, they're going to get pissed. But I was the more, I guess, you know, competitive or successful one out of the bunch. Yeah, I was the favorite. That's what they say, right? So there you go. You get the words out of their mouths. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, I was always getting new pairs pretty frequent. So whenever there was like a hot new pair, my place for finding that in the late 90s was Slam Magazine. And then mm. in 99, 2000, when I discovered Nike Talk, again, we'll get into that. Yeah, that was kind of my place where I found what was releasing. And then, yeah, I was knocking on my dad's door like, yeah, he's coming out in March. I, I need, need them. these. Yeah, I need these. So I was definitely Nike and Jordan. I kind of tinkered with the whole and one Tai Chi stuff when, you know, when Vince threw his arm through the course, rim. Yeah. But just recently, I've branched out more because doing the whole performance review thing, if you stick to one brand, it's not going to help your platform. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I started doing this seriously in, uh, I think it was February or March, I started branching out and buying other stuff. And I don't regret it because there's a lot of other brands that make awesome basketball shoes. Yeah, so. Well, like, I mean, 
you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, just what kind of got you started, but you know, you're out in Calgary right now. You said you grew up in Winnipeg, right? So what was it like growing up in terms of sneakers? Like, I don't know too much about those communities. So like when you were younger, was there a sneaker community? Like you were into basketball sneakers, your dad was, but like, what was everybody else rocking? Like, what was that community like? In Winnipeg, I think it's per capita or whatever, but it has the largest amount of Filipinos in Winnipeg. And I grew up with a ton of Filipino friends. So obviously all the Filipinos that I grew up with that hooped all had, you know, the best of the best. So there was a lot of that going on, but I can remember, I think it was in 2001, I started going to a school called Bernie Wolf and right away, like I'm a hooper and playing competitively. I met a kid named Colin Tibbs and he was the same age as me. And his dad was going to be our coach for grades six, seven, and eight. And he had an older brother, Robert Tibbs. And these guys, like they, they had like pennies from like, the mid late nineties, all the original stuff at home. Uh, took me on Nike talk as far as like introducing me to Nike talk in like 2000, 2001. So I was always kind of hanging out with the kids that had all that stuff. But in the late nineties, early two thousands, for me, at least I could never fathom rocking this stuff outside. For me, it was all on the court. Like, you know, like even calling, I'd be like, Oh, I want to get this pair and I'm going to hoop in them. And he's like, yeah, they're kind of outdoors shoes, but I would never wear Jordan one outside. That was the Royal ones in 2001. So what did I do? I hooped in them, you know, in our games. So yeah, a lot of the Filipinos that I hung out with and then Colin Tibbs. And then I met a store manager around that time as well. I don't know if you guys know him on Instagram, but his name is Ryan Forsythe, 4Z23. I think he would be a great guest for you guys. I'll be visiting him in December when I go to Winnipeg and his basement room is a time capsule of like eighties, nineties, all original and retro stuff. But he's got everything you could think of when it comes to that kind of stuff. So meeting Ryan was like a huge thing for me because he kind of, you know, bestowed all his knowledge upon me of kind of like all the footwear and, and what it meant and what the technology did. So Ryan is a huge, I think he's about, seven or eight years older than me so you know he definitely helped out in that but in winnipeg there's definitely a really big sneaker community in particular i would say the filipinos and all the friends that i grew up with definitely have a big part of that so phil man i mean like how has it changed i mean we kind of joked around like on dm just recently just about like you know lining up at you know these raffles and then just seeing like you know random old guy i think you said you sell like an old couple or something like that and you know just like you don't really know what the sneaker culture is like or how mainstream it's become when you have, you know, like a grandmother and husband or something like lining up for sneakers now, Mm -hmm. but how has it changed from then until now in terms of sneaker culture, maybe in Winnipeg, Calgary, whatever the case is. Well, I can kind of walk you through that, but in specifically 2001, I remember I would religiously, there was a mall close to my house called the Kildonan Place Mall. I lived probably 20 minutes walk, five minute drive. And I would religiously go to this mall in 2001 because at Athletes World in this mall, they had all the 11s, Concords, Cool Grays, Space Jams, Columbias, all of them were sitting on shelves and rotting, like they were not moving. So I would go in there and obviously stand in Athletes World for like an hour and a half, just like gawking at these shoes. Yeah. And you know, the, the 16s came out around then. I, they had a lot of stuff from like 2000 still, like a lot of fives, the metallic fives, the, the white and uh, silver pair, like mm-hmm. all that stuff was sitting. So that's kind of a first memory for me of kind of seeing that stuff on shelf and it was rotting on shelves. No one was buying it. It was going to clearance and then kind of moving your way into 2007 with the Aqua 8 release. That's the only time I've ever lined up with a friend, Darnell Green, 
And we went together and uh, lined up first two in line. I think we were the only two in line. And uh, we lined up for a pair and got our pairs. Great, no problem. And then fast forward a couple of years later when I'm working in cell phones through, and I'm in college, you know, I know the managers and champs upstairs. And yeah, there's like freaking 50 people in line for the 2013 Grape Fives. And they have like 12 pairs. And people are fighting and scrapping. And yeah, it's what it is now, you know, with people lining up you know, 50 people for 12 pairs and kind of like myself, Ryan, Jason, Ow, there's a bunch of other guys on there. Mark, Verinder, there's a bunch of guys that are like, I don't want to call them like, you know, the top guys in Winnipeg, but it's kind of like the guys that have been around in the shoe scene for the last 30 years. Yeah. They're OGs. Um, yeah. They're original. So, you know, like that group of guys, didn't really have to line up because they knew store managers or they used to work at the store. And so we kind of, you never, never really had to line up too much, which is nice, but yeah, there's a definitely a really close knit group of guys in Winnipeg that have always looked out for each other. And I've got a couple other crazy stories about like the whole lost and found thing. There's a store in Winnipeg with owners that are still, or we're still sitting on certain releases from over a decade ago that you could walk into their stock room. And it would blow your mind what was there. So, yeah, it's a close group knit of guys that are, you know, look out for each other. And uh, I enjoy visiting family every time there because I can kind of run into those guys mm -hmm. or go for dinner and catch up. But, yeah, so it's very close group knit of guys. But, yeah, it's right now it's the same thing. Uh, a friend, Sig, sent me a picture of uh, the lineup at uh, Polo Park Mall, Foot Locker. And it was the same thing as everywhere else, like you know, a hundred people in line, but champs like two minutes away had like five people in line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Doesn't really yeah. make sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy there. Right. And everyone's looking to make a dollar. That's right. really 90% right. of people that are in this sneaker thing right now are looking to make a buck. And that's just yeah. the cold, hard truth. Whether you exactly. want to And that's kind of like not. what I wanted to, you know, kind of find <laughs> out about because, you know, you hear about, Toronto, obviously, Montreal, Vancouver, like a lot of these bigger cities with maybe more, I guess, like, I don't like more predominant uh, sneaker community, but these other provinces like out West, you know, we don't really hear too much about it, but, you know, we have, we've got guys from uh, YYZ Soldiers on, and, you know, they talk about Calgary and, and Alberta and, and all that stuff too. So, you know, it's nice to just hear how it was like in Winnipeg and, you know, stuff that we don't hear that much, but um, I mean, yeah, I grew up in Winnipeg, but I know the YY, all the YYC soldiers guys very well. Cause kind of used to be a part of that group, but I know all those guys because when I was working at Foot Locker, pretty much all of those guys were working at champs or Foot Locker as well. So yeah, solid group. Uh, we of guys, all so. kind of, we all kind of came up before everything went crazy. So we all know each other. Exactly. So cool. Exactly. So it's always nice to hear how, how that transition went from like, you know, when you guys started until how it is now. And it's kind of all the same everywhere. It doesn't matter how big or small the city or, or whatever the case is. Like, you're right. Like a lot of the times you just see a lot of resellers in line. You see like people that are just sending their grandparents now to go, you know, line up and sign up for the raffles for their pairs. So it's kind of unfortunate, but I mean, it is what it is. But I just wanted to know whether or not it was the same there as it is here. And I guess you know, that's... A, a quick, funny story. I'm sure it was the same for uh, anyone that's worked at, you know, the locker champs here, but like Jermaine, I worked with Jermaine a lot at the locker and Nico, two buddies of mine. And, you know, like, it's just crazy to think like the whole raging bull five pack, that pack was rotting on shelves on boxing day, like about a year or eight months after release. And it was like discounted heavy, but like us guys had this corner in the, in the stock room where, it pretty much went up to the ceiling of where we would stock stuff and wait for 50 off day. 
or wait for the opportune time when we had that extra money, right? And uh, like me, Jermaine, and Nico, and Paul, man, like it was bad. It was getting to the point where it was like our manager was like, people are trying to stock locate this, and I'm making up lies for you guys. Like we had countdown packs like a year and a bit past when they came out. Like it was crazy. So if you don't think people yeah. at Foot Locker are doing stuff, I'll tell you they are because I was one yeah, of them. Guilty as charge, a, right? as, a, as a former manager at Foot Locker, valid. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. if, if this stuff is sitting, if this stuff is sitting, that's fine. That's but when I mean, it was sitting, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it's sitting, yeah. that's fine. You know, it was the countdown pack was three ninety nine. It was discounted to two hundred, and it was like Jermaine and Mai's goal to get it for a hundred dollars <laughs> on a fifty yeah, yeah. off day, right? Like, it wasn't like it was stuff that was sold out all right, the time, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I've, yeah, I've been there where you have that like target price, and you're like, I don't want to pay yes. more than this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of the perks of working there, right? Like, I mean. If it's sitting, that's fine. But I mean, if it's stuff like a lost and found and you're tucking away to the side, then, you know, you're wrong for that. But, you know, if it's not there, nobody wants it. They can't fault you for that. I mean, I get it's kind of, you know, not really following the rules, but, you know, nobody's buying it. So what's the big deal? Like, it doesn't hurt anybody, right? So, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've amassed quite a big collection from your retail days, your growing up days. You know, you're doing sneaker YouTube now too. So tell us a little bit about what's in your current collection. Like, what are some of your favorite pairs that you have? So I kind of went through this transition period when I was in college in 2012. I think I had like three or 400 pairs of shoes. It was really bad. (laughs) You know, just too many shoes like everyone else. And I was wanting to get engaged and that whole thing, from, you know, with my wife now and all that. And I had, you know, like I had every phone posit that had released up until then and every colorway. And like, I'm a person, it's a bad habit, but I double or triple up on anything that I like. Like it's an instant double or triple. So, you know, I had like way too many doubles and triples. So I let go of tons of stuff in that time frame and, you know, bought the ring and did all that. And then uh, moving to Calgary in 2015, again, I had in that three years from college till then, I had amassed a bunch more where it was just like non-OG colorways and just stuff that just didn't need to be taken up the space. So I got a really good job at a college, but I was like, you know what? I want to buy a house right now. So, you know, I got rid of, and you know, I'm not selling shoes for, you know, $500 a pair like a lot of people are. The thing about the groups that I'm on is whenever I make a post, I have like a hundred inboxes right away because the prices that I post for are like 35% cheaper than what people are asking because I just get things for good prices. I'm going to pass it along and it's going to move quick. And I only sell to people I know are going to keep it. Right. So, you know, I got rid of a bunch of stuff then, but as of right now in my collection, I've kind of made a more or less a rule that I'm only buying OG colorways. And or shoes that have come out that I couldn't attain when they originally came out, like the Lightning Fours. That's a shoe that I was like, yeah, that's an instant double up. Because in 06, when it came out, being a high school student, there wasn't a hot chance in hell I was getting that shoe. So other than basketball shoes I got to wear on court, if it's a shoe that I want, it's kind of going to be an original colorway. I'm really not into the whole hype train of collabs and all that. Like that doesn't do anything for me. The whole Ama Manier thing, I support and I've got a few of those, but I'm not, I've never bought a Travis. I've never bought an Off-White. I think I had an Off-White 5 for like a week and I was just like, yeah, it's not for me. So if it's an original colorway, a sample or something that I missed in my youth, I will go after it. If it's not, it doesn't need to be in my rotation or collection as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, you've streamlined your purchases. and And nothing against 
the guys that love that hype stuff, that's of course. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Just not my wavelength, right? Like for your it's collection, not what I'm absolutely. Here. Yeah, yeah, for right? your collection. So, You've been there with the 300, 400 pairs of shoes. You don't no, need the quantity not, anymore. You've kind of streamlined needed. it now to qualities that you really want, OG yeah. colorways, things like that, because you know, realistically, as you get older, you're finding less and less times to rock shoes, unless it's for basketball, for example. But yeah, oh, the airships. Yeah, yeah like these were up. a big one for me to attain. And I bought three pairs of these, the uh, band airships, mm-hmm. because everyone, you know, Nike told a false story for, you know, selling shoes for 30 years or whatever. But this is the true shoe, the real meaning why and how a shoe was banned in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, when they did this release, uh, I think it was Backdoor Bodega over in Italy, Getting three pairs was tough, but getting the first pair with all the accessories from the store was very tough. But yeah, just kind of like buying shoes that I want that have a meaning and, you know, the OG kind of, this is the sample pair that MJ wore, uh, only wore these once, the yeah, pair from in the pack, right? The, the white new beginnings. Red. Yeah, the new beginnings. Uh, the new beginnings, right? So yeah. 85 high. So this kind of stuff is what I'm into now, and I don't see myself strained from that ever because... I'm not about the whole hype train stuff and I kind of want what he wore um, or samples that were never out that are out now. Absolutely. And that's fair. I mean, like everyone's goes through their period, especially like when you worked in retail, it's easy. Like Trev mentions it a lot of the times that sometimes you just buy a shoe because you're staring at it eight hours a day and it just somehow you trick yourself or you convince yourself that you need this or that it's grown on you for some reason and you're getting it for such a cheap price. Why wouldn't you just grab it? Right. But then you amass like 300, 400 pairs. You're like, why did I buy this? Yeah, what's going I'm on? I'm not here. wearing this. Yeah, what's yeah, going on? Exactly. Here? Like, like it's... all these non-OG colorways and whatever the case is, right? And even now, like with with the releases now, it's impossible to keep up. Like if you were doing that now, there's releases every day, if not like two or three a day. So you know, it's kind of you almost have to sort of sort of streamline, you know, what you're looking for. And um, yeah. you know, it's it's nice to hear that you know something like the 85 cuts. Like you only buy something that's 85 cut, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, otherwise you'll have Jordan ones that will fill up your entire yeah, just, room, right? <laughs> and it's a lot of people don't even understand anything about what went into the 85 cut, like what mm-hmm. how it's built different, right? So and I I put a video out comparing that on YouTube. But it's just, yeah, like the shoe is built different and the way it was, you know, constructed in 85 is how they're trying to do here right. with materials and all that. So, yeah, it's just kind of, I want to go back to the way he wore it right. and the 85 high is with the, what he wore. So. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that for sure. But are there any pairs, like, I mean, with all those rules that, you know, you've set for yourself, are there any pairs that you're still on the hunt for? Is there like a grail perhaps that you haven't acquired yet? Or is there something that, you know, has eluded you over the years? Maybe you got rid of something that you, maybe you want back? Yeah, and it eluded me for a bit. And it's a cool story because it's like, it is my first Jordan. Got it for my birthday in 2000. It released in 1999. It's a team Jordan. No one cares about this shoe. Like no one will ever even want it to be re-released. But I had a pair back in 2000 and I hooped the crap out of them. Like they were done. And I went fishing in them. I cut grass in them. They were toast. And there was a period of time where I just threw out a bunch of stuff. And somehow that pair ended up in that box. But I picked up a pair of like five lab ones or whatever. The ones that had the whole, oh, they're all 3M back in like 2015. Oh, f- was it five lab or four? No, was it three, four lab? It was all 3M. So I don't know. I don't know if it was five lab or three Oh, lab. maybe it was three, five. Three lab five or something like that. But it was a pair of Jordan ones. Jordan one, yeah, yeah. all Jordan. 3M. So that's why I'm thinking oh, it was the five lab right. ones. But I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. But anyways, I bought this pair. I got it for like 50 bucks. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll get them. Whatever, I'll just beat the crap out of them. 
This is before I kind of made that rule for myself. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want these. So I put them on uh, YYC soldiers. I said, you know, hundred bucks or trades. And someone offered a trade and they offered a trade for this shoe. This is the Jumpman Team J. This is the shoe I got for my 12th birthday in 2000 at Garden City Mall. I picked these up. My favorite player at the time, Reggie Miller, was wearing this shoe. Ron Harper, Vin Baker, Eddie Jones, Penny Hardaway on Phoenix. So again, like no one cares about this shoe. But I had always wanted to get a pair again because it was like how that shoe made you feel. Growing up, I was big on like gadgets with like zippers and like this shoe has a clasp here. The Jumpman Team J. It's like a clasp on the medial side, which like once you get these on, you'll be lucky to get them off. Uh, you can kind of see it in the video here. But yeah, like it's a trinket, right? So someone offered me a trade in my size 11, which I wear. And he's like, hey, I've got these old Jumpman Team Js. They're worn like once from 1999. I'm not even sure if they're still wearable, but would you trade? And I was like, can I give you $300 on top of that? Like That is so I was crazy. Yeah, blown away. And uh, it was through a friend, Mark Gallo, who said, hey, I have a friend that wants to trade you shoes. Would you take these? And when he said what he had, I was like, okay, I need to see photos. And like the box label still on there, champs, $189, release date, like whatever it was, 1999. So like, this is the shoe that I was after for about five or 10 years. And then it just fell into my lap here in Calgary. So right now though, no, like there's not anything that I'm really chasing because I hate to say it, but I have like all the stuff from my youth, uh, like the, you know, the air more up tempo that I didn't get. I got like a takedown version, the Gary Payton's here. They need to do a better job on a new retro because they cheaped out like crazy on this one. But you know, I have a bunch of stuff from my youth that I've attained. But I would say the Jumpman Team J is the one pair that I was after and I ended up getting. So, no, you know, I'm always all ears for certain shoes that I want retros of, like the VC ones. No, again, no one cares about the VC ones, but, you know, that's a shoe that I grew up with and I played in. So it's like a nostalgic thing for me. So, but no, not currently. I can't think, I can't think of one shoe where I'm like, I need that to come out because they've already all come out and I've had it before and it's just a cycle, right? Like Nike and Jordan brand. It's a cycle. They've all come out more or less. It's very rarely an OG colorway has not come out. Right. No, that's such a dope story though, because I mean, you're right. Like I don't even know, I can't even recall that shoe ever. So, I mean, for you to have that when you were 12 and then somebody offering it to you in a trade, like that is so random. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's it, like, yeah, it's like, it's almost the like the stars sneaker gods. Yeah. The sneaker gods wanted you to have it. It fell in your lap, like you said, and uh, you yeah. now own that. So great story though, that goes along with it. But you talked about your, your dad being a sneaker guy. You're obviously a sneaker guy. You've got two kids of your own now. That's right. So do your kids have any interest in sneakers? Like, do they care about your passion or, you know, what are their thoughts on, you know, the piles of sneakers that you have, or you now have sneaker YouTube videos and stuff like, do they even have any interest or any care about uh, any of this? First of all, anytime I say no to anything like a toy <laughs> or candy, my, I was with my son today and I said no to a Jurassic Park toy. And he said, well, I said, well, you have too many of those, buddy. We do, you don't need another <laughs> one. So and he's smart. like, well, do you need another <laughs> pair of shoes? Like, Fair point. But no, they, they both love shoes. They love going to the closet before we go out anywhere. And they're like rummaging through their stuff. Like these are my daughters. I, I got these for my son when, when he was born, but these are my daughters now. The little OG from 1995 on wow. Court 11s. But yeah, they got tons of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll make little videos or reels of them, you know, wearing their shoes. I made one of my daughter just go on to get ice cream like a month ago. And uh, no, they're very much into the whole shoe thing. 
they love their Air Maxes and their Jordans, and they're always pumped to go out and go grab a pair from the closet. So it's That's pretty cool. Super to dope, see. man. I, lo- I love hearing that story because, you know, as a dad myself, big fan of also like the Sneaker Dads podcast, and he mentions a lot about dads and their kids and what they're rocking stuff. So I always ask that as well. But aside from that, you know, Crib Booty Jordan 11 and Air Max is like, sorry, do they pick their own sneakers? Like, what are they rocking? No, like, what yeah, are, are they I'll going to the store to buy them? Yeah. Like, I mean, no, you, I don't do the like, whole store thing. I, I got a lot of friends that have passed stuff down to me uh, okay. that their kids have grown up. So they've just like sent me a box of like retros from like 2005. So a lot of that's going on. But I, I honestly, with kids shoes being so expensive, I usually just grab them online when they hit discount. I think I got like these blacksmith threes for my son when they were like 40 bucks or 30 bucks. So nice, yeah, man. I don't, uh, they don't typically go to the store. They do like going to the store and checking out the shoes, but you no, know, typically it's an online purchase. And when stuff goes on sale and even if it's like three or four sizes too big, I just grab it because you won't see that sale again. So. Right. And they'll grow into it. Right. And plus Absolutely. they also grow out of stuff really quickly too. So it's kind of hard to have a collection for them. Absolutely. Really. But I mean, it's nice to know that yep. they, that they do have an interest, especially, you know, you coming from your growing up as a kid, loving sneakers, and then your dad being a part of that. It's almost nice to sort of have that bond with your Most kids definitely. too. But the other thing that I really love about your social media is the history part. So like Trev mentioned earlier, you know, you do a lot of these posts of video clips from the nineties and the early two thousands, just back. Every time I look at, you know, stuff that you post, it's kind of like brings me mm-hmm. back because, you know, I'm just a huge basketball fan. Like I loved basketball pretty much, you know, since I was maybe like six or seven years old or whatever the case was. And, you know, we watched MJ, you know, in his prime and, you know, seeing a lot of those highlights that you post kind of brings you back. But, you know, tell us about the importance of, you know, basketball history and, you know, sneaker history on top of that as well. And just your love for like nostalgia. Yeah, you know, it's I've always had a passion for it. It just stems from actually playing the game growing up and just seeing all these commercials like, you know, the Nike basketball freestyle commercial. And all the MJ commercials through the years, I've got them all on VHS still in the garage. Like, like, I kid you not, I probably have 100 tapes of with all this stuff that, like, I'm waiting for TSN to change commercials and I'm recording, hoping yeah. it's a basketball commercial. <laughs> so I have all this stuff on VHS. But, uh, you know, another guy, the guy I talked about earlier, Ryan Forsyth, huge nostalgic junkie and kind of talk about the stuff through Good Burger, mm-hmm. his account with all his nostalgic stuff. Right. So I would say the Good Burger and Nice Kicks Vault has really inspired me to kind of share my passion with nostalgia and all those old clips and commercials and stuff, because I think that stuff gets lost if it's not out there. And oh, social media with Insta- yeah. Instagram is like the biggest platform, right? So mm-hmm. for me, I, I kind of feel like, not that I have to put it upon myself to share it, but the new generation hasn't even seen this stuff. And I'm getting inboxes like, what the hell? Like they don't even do sneaker commercials anymore. Yeah. And that's a huge proponent with the shoe industry that's missed right now is they're not even with the LeBron 20, they're kind of doing a little bit with uh, father time right now. But yeah. So I, I, you know, it's, it's cool to see that again, but I just kind of feel like gathering a following now and all that kind of stuff that I just want to share my passion for nostalgia whether it's clips of players or commercials and it's really blown up on Instagram. Like people seem to love it. Yeah. And uh, no, so I love that. You, like, you know, I, no, I, I was just gonna yeah. say, like, I love that you do that because you're right. Like the commercials that we grew up with is lost now. Now we have influencers, we have unboxing videos. We have like those types of things now, Yeah. you know, lots of, I mean, photography, all that stuff is kind of blown up. And I, and I do love the photography stuff side of things and, and whatever the case is, but you know, we don't have that sort of creative 
marketing like they did in the 90s and the early 2000s and then sharing that And it's actually stuff. easier now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. easier for them to do this because social media is so big where they don't need to throw these commercials on TV and get airtime for yeah. all these different providers. They can literally upload it on Instagram on Nike basketball and get commercials out with like the new PG model or the, well, I guess no longer Kyrie, but you know, the, the new LeBron and all these different models, like make the commercials. Like I remember the Chambers of Fear commercial oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, LeBron yeah. two back in the day. They had like five, six commercials for it. And it's just, it's missing right now. It's all about hype and all about like selling out. And then the next weekend with the next release. Next where week. I think Nike basketball, I know people that work at the brand, I've been talking to them. They need to get back to the roots of like doing the commercials. It started with Jordan brand back in his first band commercial. And it mm-hmm. went on for about, I don't know, I think VC's commercials in like 2006, 2007 were like kind of the last ones in my opinion. Yeah. But I think the brands need to get back to commercials. I know Puma did a pretty good job with the not from here commercial for his first shoe, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I would just love to see, do it on social media. It's it's a free platform for them to do it and can put it out that way. And I think the masses that need to see it will see it rather than putting it on television. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is definitely something that's lost, you know, with the culture now. But yeah, it's nice that you at least post that and you share it because there are a lot of people that have never seen that stuff before. And it just kind of opens your eyes as to, you know, the different generations and how we kind of grew up and how, you know, so, you know what I mean? So that's right. Um, yeah. Right. And, so, and but, you know uh, what, like, you know, go like ahead. The, even some of that stuff, like I'd forgotten about it. I oh, completely yeah. forgotten about it. For me, a part of being like such a big Nike head and like swoosh guy was, you know, I remember growing up and seeing all these commercials and this is in the early 2000s. So like, I kind of got the tail end of this kind of stuff, but I remember seeing all those commercials and be like, oh, I want Nikes. I want Nikes. Like I got to wear Nikes. Like these guys look so cool on the court and like all that kind of stuff. Right. And I mean, obviously it's a little bit different now with how media is consumed and how people see things. We, we touched on that with Instagram and influencers and all that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, like it was just like, some of those things are so cool. Like some of the stuff you posted, Steve, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I remember when that was going on and I, this was so cool and all that kind of stuff. Right. And some of the commercials, like I, like I haven't even seen them. Right. Like it's just, you know, it was before yeah. my time. So I haven't even seen them. So it's cool to see, you know, I know you posted some stuff. I'm pretty sure with little penny as well. Right. Like, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, we, we've had some penny guys on and, you know, they talked about the little penny commercial. So I've, I've seen clips here and there, but it was kind of cool to see like the full commercial, you know, played out like that. Right. So, yeah, I just want to bring that to the platform, the new platform, which is, you know, Instagram. And uh, if I can make one person remember that commercial or kind of go, I remember this, then I've done my job because I just, I want to share that on the platform that I'm on January or February is kind of when I wanted to take this a little more serious, not for any other reason, just to share my passion. So that's kind of what I'm doing over on Instagram is sharing my passion for basketball. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when you post a lot of these videos, I'm sure there's stuff that kind of pop in your head was like, man, I remember when Jordan did this or when Penny did that. So, you know, when you're posting it, like, are there any of your, like, do you have any favorite basketball moments uh, that you're posting? Or, you know, is there something that kind of just brings you back to a time when you just really love that era of basketball, for example? It's not always the commercial stuff, but like I made a mixtape for Reggie Miller recently, who I've talked to a lot in direct message just chatting about like basketball and, you know, shoes that he has worn and stuff. So like one that kind of, I can remember vividly, I think I was like, I don't know, six or seven, but when he was playing the Knicks and he hit, you know, had like whatever nine points or whatever 
in like 13 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made a mixtape or whatever for Reggie, and he was talking to me in inbox about it. But uh, like, you know, the whole Reggie versus Nick's rivalry with uh, Spike Lee yes. and, you know, grabbing yeah, his throat and all that stuff. <laughs> like, that's, yes, yeah, the, the choke that you guys yeah. choke. Like, you were just up five yeah. points through 10 seconds ago. And he would go right to up, Spike, too, uh, on the sidelines. and Oh, dude, he would go right up to him. He was legit cutthroat. Yeah. Like, and that's, for me, like, MJ is like the end all be all. I know he's the goat, but for me, when MJ retired in the mid nineties and then again in 98, like Reggie was my guy. Mm-hmm. So like for me, Reggie's kind of like my all time favorite player. I know yeah. MJ is a goat, but like, I just, I really resonate with Reggie growing up because like moving without the ball coming off screens, you know, Reggie, I remember him in a quote once like saying shooter shoot. I think he was like zero for 11. And then it came down to the last shot. Reggie shot the three, won the game for the Pacers. Right. And it's just right. like, you never stop doing what you practice, right. even if you're having an off game, because that one might drop to win the game for your team. So yeah, Reggie Miller, I would say is one of them and his rivalry with the Knicks and then the Pistons towards the end of his career. MJ's last shot. I grew up a big LeBron fan when he left and went to Miami. It was kind of like I cut all ties with him. But then when he won in 2016, the the block and then Kyrie's jumper after that, like I remember where I was, I was working on a shift, like a 12 day stretch of 15 hours. So I wasn't watching the games, but I was like working, but texting my brother, like, what's the score now? Cause I had like barely any cell coverage and he's like, Kyrie just hit a crazy shot. So it's like, you know, I wasn't watching that game, but my brother Mike was watching it and like giving me like updated second ticker updates. Right. So <laughs> that was a big one for me. I am not a Raptors fan at all. Like I don't hate the franchise. It just, you know, I grew up a VC <laughs> fan, but I just, I never really cared if they won or not, but when they won in 2019 for Canada as a whole, it was very great to see And you know, everyone makes the excuses for the warriors that players went down, but that Raptors team was on a mission that year. And mm-hmm. I don't see that series being any different. The whole team was doing fantastic. And, even before those players went down, like the Raptors were doing amazing against the Warriors. So again, that's another moment. I would say Raptors winning it for Canada, not only Toronto. Kobe, when he, you know, after Shaq had left and he, he won the tried to prove himself as a, as a player, right? Like I remember watching 2008 when Boston won. Mm-hmm. And I was making fun of a friend that was a huge Lakers fan because I was like, ah, they lost. And then I just remember seeing the press conferences after that with Kobe just being like pissed him going to like Disney and seeing a player in or the Celtics uniform and he wanted to like clothesline him he said and just seeing Kobe's <laughs> grit to come back the next two seasons yeah. and win back-to-backs was amazing to see that you know he could pull it off alone without Shaq because when Shaq was there you know like he won the MVP those three years and he yeah, was exactly ultimate ultimately like one of the greatest centers and most dominant centers of all time. So of all time, I would agree. We knew who, you know, we knew who was doing a lot of the legwork for the Lakers back then, but when he won in 09 and 10, it was amazing <laughs> to see. And then last but not least, is just uh, MJ's last All-Star game in 2003 with Mariah Carey mm-hmm. uh, singing right. at halftime. Vince, Vince also MJ gave up his spot, that, right? Vince gave, gave up his start. spot for yeah. MJ to start. Like yeah. that, I love Vince already, but like that's just another reason to love him even more that he gave up his spot. And then MJ hitting that shot that should have been the game winner over Sean Marion and then Jermaine right. O'Neal, I think it was, just pissed the bed for the East. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, they went into overtime and they lost. But, yeah, just yeah. that whole game and that whole aura of MJ coming to an end, that All-Star game was amazing to see MJ hit that shot, that baseline fade away on Sean Marion. 
so yeah, those are some moments there for me that kind of growing up that are sprinkled throughout my recollection, but obviously a lot of MJ stuff in there as well, but you know, that's for a lot of people. So yeah. I won't touch on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Austin, like I love reliving <laughs> those moments too. And, and the fact that you're sharing that on social media is, is just, it's amazing. I just love to see it because you talked about with the nice cakes vault stuff and whatever, like just seeing those clips of stuff that I grew up with just kind of brought back a lot of memories. So it was just kind of interesting to hear what your favorite moments were, but you talked a little bit about your YouTube. Um, you started in February, so you're about, about nine months in now doing it. Right. Yeah. But what got you into doing YouTube? I know you're a big basketball guy. Yeah. You told, you already said you're into like the tech of, of sneakers as well. So, you know, like what made you think like, okay, I do want to do this seriously now. I do want to start videos. I'm going to review shoes and then put them on YouTube for other people to view. Like what made you think like, you know, that's something that I want to do. So, you know, I had done YouTube very briefly in like 2015 or 16 and I didn't have the equipment for it or the passion to do it for the right reasons. You hear about all these different things on how, you know, people can make money or whatever. And I did it very briefly in 2022 this year. I was kind of like, you know what? I want to do this. And the main reason I wanted to do it, because first of all, there's a lot of people that do performance reviews. Obviously, Nightwing is the first one that had did it on social media right? as far as YouTube mm-hmm. goes. And he has always done a fantastic job. People might criticize him for, you know, maybe being a little too authentic where he'll nitpick brands. And that might lead to brands not sending them stuff anymore with like Nike and stuff. But my biggest thing with him is that he was always authentic. So for me is like, I just wanted to get into it because there's not a lot of people that are doing it currently that actually know what they're talking about when it comes to like the actual tech within the shoe. But the thing that really drew me in about performance footwear was a website that was started around 2000. It was called kixology.net, Professor K was the guy that wrote the reviews and you can still go on the website, but it's still a domain name and you can see some of the reviews, but he did like tons of reviews and he would break down like the traction and the cushion and the support. And we'd have like five dots and then it would be out of five. So that was kind of my inspiration to start would be Professor K who now works at Nike, I believe in Nike running. And uh, yeah, just, I really wanted to get into it because I have a passion for footwear and how it holds up and the tech that's inside. And most people that buy basketball shoes don't even know what cushioning is in it or care. But if you can jump on YouTube before you go and spend your hard-earned money of $200 and see how the shoe performs, how it holds up, that was my biggest thing is for a lot of these parents that spend their money on this stuff, not knowing what they're buying. And if I can give them a breakdown in 10 minutes of what they're getting and if it's good, that was my biggest thing. So. It's very time consuming. It can be very hard on the body and it can be very hard to find the time with the family, but it's something that I have a passion for. And thankfully my wife understands that. So, you know, Friday mornings I'm up at 5 a.m. and I'm at the gym at 5.30 getting shots up to mm-hmm. break in the shoes. And then Sundays and Wednesdays are runs where I'm playing in full court yeah. games. So yeah, it's a long process, but it's just a passion of understanding what the tech is and uh, kind of where I came from growing up with uh, watching, you know, Nightwing and Kixology. And I mean, so. it's amazing to, to know and to see and to hear that you do all this stuff because, you know, we've had Sean Go, who you probably know, he does reviews yep. on all sorts of sneakers, but, you know, just for like casual wear and that sort of thing too. So anytime somebody wants to buy a sneaker, they want to see what it looks like, you know, in hand, you know, what the fit is like, how it looks mm-hmm. on foot, all that stuff. And every time anyone wants to know about a sneaker, they always go to Sean Go's because he's Absolutely. already got the Phenomenal. sneaker already, yeah. right? And he's yep. great. He's consistent at what he does. But, you know, I don't, like you said, there aren't many people that do it properly in terms of 
of tech review. And that's something that I struggle with is that I've asked people a bunch of times, like, you know, what's a good basketball to shoot a, to ball in, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and there aren't places where you can no. find that. Or if there is, it's not something that is in depth, like what you do. So you do like an, like an overview, you do like, you know, you do the weight of the shoe with a scale. You also do the support, the fit, performance, pros and cons. You rate mm-hmm. each of those things too. And it's very in depth. And you don't get that with a lot of other people if you do even find anything on that. So, I mean, it's great that you do that, but you know, how did it evolve to that? Because I, I'm sure it wasn't just something where you're like, okay, I'm going to add all this stuff and, and that's where you did it. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff on the backside that you're doing to prepare for all that, but how did you get from being not so serious until what it is now? Because I watched some of your videos and I'm like, wow, this is so in-depth. You're putting all this thought into anything that somebody would ask is all in your review. And like you said, in under, you know, 10 minutes or so, which is amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say between like Chris Nightwing stuff, you know, a lot of his stuff that he's done is phenomenal. And then obviously, like for me, a big thing, like when I want to buy a casual shoe, and it's either a shoe I've never worn, or it's a shoe that I haven't worn in 10 years, I go to Sean Go, and he always touches on if it's a wide foot friendly shoe, you know, if it, if it fits, yeah. And everyone knows his size. Slightly on the wider side. Yeah. Slightly on the wider side. Slightly on the wider. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, like for me, I go to Sean when I need to know the way a shoe fits casually and I want to know if it fits long and I need to go half size down. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's, you know, adding all these different things that all these guys have done before me. And I've been conjuring up this performance thing since like 2001 or 2000 when I, landed on Kixology. Like I not taking anything away from Nightwing. He's been doing it the longest and he's the best. But I far before there was ever a YouTube performance review, I wanted to do this. And I just, you know, being young and you know, 13 or 14 year old, I didn't know how to get a domain name and write about this stuff. But I've been thinking about it for a long time and kind of the things that I want to know because I'm very detail oriented when it comes to these shoes. Like not a lot of people even know what a zoom airbag is and what's inside of a zoom airbag, which I'm holding up here. Like that there's quick response tensile fibers in this bag and it's to a certain PSI. So those fibers bounce back when you take a step. Not a lot of people know what this Zoom airbag is compared to an encapsulated airbag, the difference, right? What that offers you for impact protection and court feel and all these different things. So for me, I wanna break down the tech like to a T as far as everything that I know, but then also everything, me being very detail oriented, everything that I would wanna know if I watched a review I wrote it all on paper and kind of tried, I, I really try and keep it within 10 minutes, but some of my videos go longer because there's just so much to talk about that I want to make sure that the people watching know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I basically wrote everything down and obviously kind of taken bits and pieces from other people that have come before me. So yeah, that's super dope because I mean, like it does take a lot of work, you know, and, and your passion for it, it shows in your videos because, you know, you're a ball player yourself. So you know, there's definitely things that you look for in a sneaker and you want to make sure people are aware of like that zoom. I had no idea. Like, that's what it was. You know, I always hear zoom, but you don't know what that is until, you know, you have somebody like you explaining it because mm-hmm. for me, I would just think, Oh, zoom, that means you go faster, right? Like you can run faster, you yeah. can faster, no, yeah, you know, yeah. and things like that. Right. I don't really know what the performance side of it is, but if I go and, get, and okay, so Steve's holding up a carbon fiber. It looks like a carbon fiber plate. Oh, I'm holding up a carbon fiber shank plate from a 2001 Columbia 11. So, you know, a lot yeah, of like, people- Yeah, like, what is that? In, like, what does that even do? So, you know, you know, the first support feature in a basketball shoe that I can remember is in the Jordan 1, the OGs had the cardboard board last. 
So that was to prevent your foot from over torquing within a shoe when you're making hard cuts and ultimately preventing your foot from breaking. When I was in high school, first day of grade nine, everyone's like, oh, I heard there's this great baller that's at our school now, whatever. And being myself and, you know, I didn't have my hoop shoes on me. I was wearing Converse weapons. They do not have any support. They don't, they're not board lasted like the ones are. So on my lunch break, I laced them up and I was like, oh shit, I should not be doing this. I laced them up. I played a couple games and in one of the games, I made a really hard lateral cut on the baseline and I broke my foot. And it was, it, you know, it was because the shoe was not providing the support that my foot needed in that hard lateral cut. So, you know, a carbon fiber shank plate was introduced in the Jordan 11. Tinker Hatfield put that in the shoe for Michael Jordan. He was an aging player at the time. And it's basically, once this is embedded within the shoe, it becomes very firm. It's a little more flexible right now. But it's it's to prevent your sh- foot from over-torquing and moving too much within the shoe and providing that support and a base for your foot to sit on. And also to propel your foot as well, because when you take a step, this bends a little bit. And then when you let go, it kind of propels you forward. So, mm, you know, not like a lot spring, of people like, know what a, yeah. Yeah. Like people are like, why is carbon fiber in a shoe? Yeah. You know, it, it's in the LeBron 20 again for the oh, first time okay. in a while. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a shank plate right here. Right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, LeBron's in his 20th season. So again, that's another reason why the support features there to provide that arch support and, and to prevent your foot from over torquing within a shoe and ultimately preventing what happened to me in grade nine, shattering my foot in right. Converse. It covers weapon. weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that always, that always, I mean, always blew my mind when I see older commercials and the Converse weapon was like the shoe yeah. in, in basketball in the eighties. And you're like, how the fuck did anyone play in that yeah, sneaker? You and- could literally <laughs> fold that shoe in half and yeah. put an elastic band around it. Like there was zero support. <laughs> And yeah. I, yeah, I, and I want it to come back for casual purposes. Like I want the original Lakers colorway to come back, but yeah, I shattered my foot in that shoe, like first yeah. day of grade nine. So, yeah, no, but I mean, like, it's, it's great that you do these reviews because there are a lot of people that don't know about it. And there are some specific types of ball players too, that maybe that's, that shoe's not right for you in terms of tech specs. See, right? That's a big thing for me is because again, nothing against a lot of these shoe reviewers, but a lot of them are five foot six or five mm-hmm. foot seven or right. five foot three they weigh 130 pounds and myself i'm six two and a half i'm like 210 or whatever so for me the way i'm gonna play in a shoe different than the way they are gonna put stress on the shoe so again the way you just touched on that like play style and size and all that i just kind of want to offer another take on a player that might be a little bigger and put a little more stress on a shoe and see how that shoe holds up long term yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love that you do that because it kind of like broadens the range for, for people that are just, you know, looking for that information. And, and when you can, when you're able to touch on that, it just helps more people buy the right shoe for what they need. Right. So, but just absolutely. in terms of like the YouTube itself, like I know you've just been doing it nine months seriously, but, and you didn't have the proper equipment you were saying before, but where did you learn to create and edit your videos? Like, was this all just self-taught? You kind of just watching other people and just going at it and just kind of just, you know, trial and error type stuff. Yeah, it was definitely trial and error. The whole YouTube thing, I cheated this system a little bit. Final Cut Pro, I went and bought the student version, even though I'm not a student. They don't check if you're a student or not. Final Cut Pro is like $500 if you're not a student. And if you are, it's like $129. And you get like all the editing software. So I was like, yeah, I'm a student. So (laughs) I bought last fall before I started, I bought a brand new M1 MacBook Pro, you know, kind of the best that you could buy that would last me at least five or 10 years. I got Final Cut Pro. I started just throwing, you know, stuff into the editing software and just to kind of learn how to like edit stuff. 
And then uh, just kind of stuff that I wanted to utilize within Final Cut Pro. I would just watch YouTube videos on how to implement that within Final Cut Pro. So that was uh, definitely self-taught and really not hard at all. Uh, very time-consuming. I've got the hang of it now where, you know, a video takes me about an hour to 90 minutes to edit from start to finish if I can sit down with all my kids, you know, ripping on my leg or anything. But yeah, so it's all self-taught. The whole Instagram thing, again, I was not taken serious. And, you know, talking to a few different accounts, like uh, Good Burger from Nice Kicks there, he kind of, you know, because a lot of people post reels of old stuff and it's just the black bars on the top and bottom, right? And I just hated that look. And I was posting, you know, commercials and whatnot with the black bars. But then uh, he, he inboxed me and he was like, hey, you know, you can fill those spots with pictures and you just copy a picture from your camera roll and then jump back into the app and then you can edit it and crop it right there which the Instagram has taken away since right. like you can no longer do that mm -hmm. with an up, up or a software update. They took that away, but he kind of put me on that. Right. And it just gives the, a very pleasing look to the eye where you, the screen is filled with stuff, whether it be photos from the commercial in the top and bottom, and then the content in the middle. So kind of just learning from other people, honestly, and yeah, I won't take anything and say that I've, I invented it, but I just, you know, social media is a crazy place where you can learn anything on the go. And since Instagram has taken that feature away, I now use Final Cut Pro to make all my uh, basketball and video edits on everything that's not shoes. So again, it's yeah. a little more time consuming doing that, but it's something that I enjoy. I have to say, I do enjoy your, like when you post those commercials, there's pictures at the top and bottom. <laughs> like I think that's unique yeah. and it makes it so different from what you see from other, like when people repost, like you said, there's just the black bars, right? So having those pictures of what you're actually watching on the top and bottom is so different. And I, you know, not everyone needs to do this, but like, I'll tell you right now, since I've started that, like in the last four months, my Instagram account, like I can't even keep up with what's going on, like the inboxes and like people like just commenting on those, the reels that I post of like the nostalgic stuff, like I'll post a reel and I have like 150 inboxes about like people like, oh man, I remember that. Or like, oh, so many good memories. Thank you for bringing me back to my childhood. And these are all the reasons why I'm doing it. But it's just so crazy that these reels are just insane what it brings to your account for traffic. Yeah. Like definitely. in the last 30 days, I think currently it's sitting at like over 5 million hits right now for people wow. coming to the account, checking out the videos. So it's pretty wild what that content brings you as far as people enjoying it. And it's just cool to see that people yeah, do enjoy absolutely. that Absolutely. I mean, good, good for you. I mean, I'm glad that it's getting the traction and, you know, I love to see it. Uh, I know Trevor loves to see it and, and all these other people obviously love to see it too. But, you know, what can we expect to see from your YouTube and IG in the future? I mean, I know you're doing the tech reviews now. You do a lot of the nostalgic posts and, and, and that type of stuff too. But, you know, are you going to like strictly focus on tech? Are you going to maybe, I know you've done a couple of, you know, non-tech reviews on youtube too but are you gonna kind of try to like jump into the sean go side and maybe do some of that stuff too and you know do oh do that? yeah <laughs> i'll leave that up to sean he's the best at it yeah, uh, yeah. you know i think he's fantastic i do think uh moving forward anything that i do pick up i'll just touch on it as far as youtube goes like i'll make a video uh because i did pick it up and right. if i can touch on a topic where that's important to me and i can mm -hmm. put it out there i'll do that so i think regardless tech or not i'll put out all of that stuff on YouTube. As far as uh, Instagram and all that, I'm going to be starting some Instagram lives, try and do a weekly one for like, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, sit down, sure. talk with a guest to talk about, you know, kind of their start and the whole sneaker thing. 
I've got like five guests lined up. I just need to find the time to do that sure, with course. being a dad and the crazy job that I have. And then uh, I want to start doing 90 second Instagram performance reviews, touching mm-hmm. on all the stuff that I do in the videos on YouTube, but in, in a very condensed manner for Instagram where someone can watch it. And I think they can take something away from that video where they might want to go make that purchase where they feel comfortable to make that purchase. So I do want to implement 90 second performance reviews and all of the old stuff that I've done already in the last calendar year, I'm going to redo it all for Instagram so that, you know, if that model's on clearance now and they weren't able to afford it when it first came out at full price and now it's on clearance and they don't know if they want to get it, they can jump on Instagram and see that. So definitely touch on that. A ton of more nostalgic content. And then in the last couple of weeks here, possibly, well, not possibly, but we'll be collaborating with a lot of brands as far as uh, kind of sending their stuff over for reviews and just kind of getting their brands out there. So yeah, just as far as Instagram and YouTube goes, I would say that's kind of going to cover a lot of what I'm going to be looking at in the future. Sounds like a lot of big projects. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I just love the commitment, the passion, because it obviously shows in your work and, you know, just, you know, keep it up because, you know, like I said before, we've got Sean go for, you know, the casual and that <laughs> stuff, but we've got Steve for the tech stuff and, you know, there's yeah. A lot of followers out there, right? So yeah, absolutely. And it's and the whole performance aspect is a dying breed as far as videos, in my opinion. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of people doing it. And if they're doing it, they're not doing it. You know, they're like a lot of guys are wearing it for like two hours and complaining that the shoe feels bad and it's not broke, it's not breaking in. It's like, you know, you might need to get that shoe over the uh, like the GT jump. Like you need to break the shoe in. It takes like three hours or an hour and a half, two hours to break in. You can't put it on and go and hoop in it and feel like it's the best shoe out there. But right. when it's broken in, it feels like it's an amazing shoe, right? So don't right. jump into it to make money. You know, I have a full-time job. I went to school. I have a family and that's all the stuff I put first in life. But don't start the stuff because you think you're going to make a massive wage off doing this because you're not. It's going to take a lot of time to grow. Do it because you have a passion for it. And, you know, Sean Scholar23, you know, he has a passion for, you know, sharing his youth and he's still young. He's not that old. Uh, sharing his youth with everyone, you know, as far as Jordans and stories and, you know, just tell your story on why this shoe is important to you. And I think you'll get noticed and people will take you serious and they'll understand that you're being transparent and authentic with them. I think that's the best part. Like, I think what what you share is so authentic and it's, you know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to Rich, who's not here today, but he, I was saying, yeah, like, you know, we started following, we started following each other about a year ago. I think it was like kind of around the time you started doing the YouTube thing. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's in the like 10 or 20,000 followers. And I actually looked and you have like 45,000 followers now. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I, right now it's 750 plus a day. It's insane. When I started taking it serious, I think I had 900 followers in March when I was like, you know what? I just want to take this serious to share my passion for footwear, basketball, memories of moments in the basketball community because every, you know everyone now it's like lebron steph all these guys right but a lot of these players like you know reggie miller or larry johnson or all these players that not many people know about that were studs from back in the day is you know why i want to share stuff man it's you know it's it's been insane as far as that goes and the, your passion shows through when you do that kind of stuff right like you talked about sean one of the reasons i love his content so much is exactly what you said it's authentic he posts a picture of a shoe and he, he gives you like yep. four paragraphs on it like you know it's yep. not just like here's my 2003 whatever it is right you know it's like yep. here's the story of you know i bought these when you know i was in college or i just finished college and like there's a whole story yep. behind it and there's a history behind the shoe here's a comparison between an old pair and a new pair like 
there's so much passion behind everything he speaks about that it just it comes through so well like you I, I love his content and it's the same thing with you right the stuff that you come through like i know you posted the reggie miller stuff you talked about right like it's just it's so cool to see that and you, like you can see that you have a passion for it and even the like the reviews you do for like the basketball stuff you can see you just have a passion for basketball and wearing these shoes and just trying them out you know i, I love that yeah. No, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I think if you have a story to tell, don't be scared to share it because I've been wanting to share this kind of stuff for two decades. And a lot of these guys like, you know, Sean and a lot of these guys are the reasons why I, they kind of push me over the edge to share the stuff that I enjoy. And it just so happens that a lot of other people enjoy it as well. So it's, it's very cool to be in a community where we can talk about yesteryear and enjoy that stuff and, you know, talk about it together and just enjoy what was and what currently is as well. Yeah. No, and, th- and thank you for mentioning that too, because, you know, we do get a lot of questions from, you know, listeners or people that, uh, you know, listen to our episodes that have had guys like Sean Go or Bryson, you know, Bryce Kicks. And, you know, these guys are yep. also YouTubers and, and things like that. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, how can I get started? And you said like, you know, you, you just love to share. If you want to ask, then just ask, right? Like, uh, you know, send a DM or just, uh, you know, if, if you have questions about it, but, you know, like you kind of mentioned that doing it just for the money or whatever is not it's going to show. Right. And then these guys also mentioned the same thing, right? If you're doing it for the love of either the sneakers or whatever it is that your content is, then it'll be more enjoyable for you and more enjoyable for whoever's consuming your content too. So I appreciate you mentioning that because a lot of people are, are afraid to start. And I think the main thing that everybody has said is do it for you. Don't do it for anybody else. Right. So no, I think that's, that's super Absol- important. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone has any questions about that stuff, I don't only respond to certain individuals on social media. I'll go through any and every inbox and respond some way. So if there's something that I can help with uh, when it comes to social media or creating content or videos that I've created and how how I've created it, I'm not going to not share that with anyone. So always reach out. I'm an open book. The only way you can pass anything on to better the future is if you share it with the people that are, you know, maybe a little bit younger than you. So um, I think that's key as well. So just be authentic, be transparent, be yourself and uh, do it for the right reasons. And, uh, you know, you'll gather a following or you'll you'll meet people within the industry and make friends with people that are like-minded. So For sure. And also life hack, to get the discount, you're a student. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> That's right. 100%. You're always a student. I don't even know if they still have SP. I don't know if they still have SPC, but... I was not SPC, a student. I used yeah, that SPC absolutely. cards. Yeah. yeah. Locker used to use that, man. And I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used that way too long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But if they ever do check, you can always say, yeah, you know what? I am a student. I'm learning, right? I'm still learning. So yeah, I'm uh, learning in life. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But listen, I mean, Steve, thank you for sharing all of the, the stories. I just love all the stuff that you do in terms of the basketball stuff. Like Trevor and I are huge basketball fans. And, you know, like he may have grown up in a different era of basketball, but you know, he's learning about it, but for me, it brings me back. And then just watching a lot of your YouTube stuff too. It just, it's really like nice to see just the way that, that you present your stuff and you know, your take on tech performance right. too, which is awesome, man. Really, really That's appreciate right. you jumping on and sharing all that with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, if you guys ever need a guest on, I'm sure notice. And if I can pull it off, I'll be more than happy to come back on and uh, you guys keep doing your thing. Love what you guys put out there. Love how authentic you guys are. And yeah. Just keep putting out more content. And like I said, congratulations again on just getting that 100th episode. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. 
And just to be clear, Jordan was a career Wizards player, right? Like that's 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 where he spent most of his time, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I know there was one point, Steve, that I, I didn't get a chance to jump in on, but I know I know you mentioned when the Raptors won the championship, everyone was all, you know, like, oh, Golden State was injured and everything. I just want to point out that there's a lot of other NBA teams who won off of injuries. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, you can never use a crutch yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, the run the Raptors were on that year, Yeah. if they were healthy, the Warriors, maybe it would have gone to seven games. But even before, <laughs> I think, Katie Blues Achilles – and uh, Clay went down yep. whenever game four or five or whatever, whenever we, when he went down, like the Raptors already had them in a headlock. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, and then they like, were nobody, nobody talks about the previous series too. Like we crushed yeah. Milwaukee right after going down. 0-2. Four games in a row. Yeah. The Philly series, although went back and forth, like there's lots of moments that, you know, the Raptors could have lost, but because like you mentioned oh, as a team, mm-hmm. you know, we were just running so good as a team that you can't discredit that. Right. So, um, and and other than last year when Curry, I think Curry finally won the MVP last year. mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he did. But like in all those championships that they won prior to that, Iguodala won, Durant won. And, you know, KD and Clay Thompson went down. But that was Curry's time to be, you know, the decisive MVP to, you know, drop 40 points a game and will the Warriors through. And he simply Mm -hmm. didn't show up. So, Whose fault is right, that? Exactly. The Raptors took advantage. Yep. So I don't know. That's like a whole other episode yeah. of itself. I mean, yeah, no, we could, <laughs> I'm sure we could all talk about that. Like we could go into basketball for a few episodes. It could be a multi-part, but no, again, Steve, thank you again for joining us. Appreciate it. Love all the stories. Love, you know, the, the memories that you bring back, but uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, man. Thanks very much guys. You guys take care. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Any shout outs before we head out? Steve, do you have any shout outs? Any shout outs? You know what? Aside from the wifey, I I know you talked about wifey. Well, (laughs) my wife, my wife, Paloma, my high school sweetheart, you know, we've been together for 16 years. So I've got to shout out the wife. And then just a couple guys on Instagram, obviously, that, you know, kind of helped and pushed me to do the stuff that I do is the account, like I mentioned, Good Burger over at Nice Kicks and Nice Kicks Vault, Dow's brand, clothing and kind of the bootleg brand and all the stuff he does. I've got a lot of his gear for basketball. So shout out to him for providing an alternative and being authentic on what he's creating and uh, not shying away on what he's creating. And he does very quality stuff. So check him out. Shout out to Supreme Hoops in Calgary, Alberta, coaching with the youngsters over there when I have time. I enjoy doing that. My son's a part of that club. So shout out the whole team over there. Shout out to the In Kicks We Trust podcast for having me on and doing your thing and continuing to do it couple more here real quick weak side mj on instagram uh he does a lot of the mj stuff and him and i have talked a lot about sharing uh mj moments with people on the uh internet and uh you know we kind of bounce ideas off each other so shout out to him and then uh ryan Forsyth and seth soul to soul and sean collard all those guys just you know social media buddies that i couple of them I've met a couple of them I hope to meet one day just shout out to them because you know these are the guys that I grew up with and or just talk about all this original stuff and detail oriented stuff that share their passion and knowledge with me and then I can share it with the future generation so so uh, shout out to those guys on uh, being very transparent and welcoming dope Trev anything for you shout out to Nike I gotta shout out this lost and found buddy of mine was just texting me about it while we were recording this pod actually you know i a couple of weeks ago he he was he's going oh yeah uh, lost and found two of the year right 
I was like, you know what? Honestly, four or five weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that. I'm not a big, everyone knows I'm not a big white shoe guy. So, you know, lost and found is not my thing personally, but I have been so impressed with this release. I am, I said it earlier, I'm so excited to go pick up a raffle win tomorrow. Getting to sign up for a raffle, that whole excitement, getting to pick up a pair of shoes on Saturday. Like Chris Brown said, you're like Jordan's on a Saturday, you know, like that whole experience that comes along with it. They brought it back and the storytelling on this pair is fantastic. I'm very excited to get some pairs in hand. I think they did a really great job on the execution of this. I said this long time ago when we first heard the word reimagined because reimagined is a petrifying word in my opinion when you're talking about classic pairs of Jordans like this because reimagined could go in a lot of different ways that aren't necessarily a good way but they just knocked this out of the park so I, I gotta give huge kudos to that and I would love to see more of this because the nostalgia of getting this shoe from the nostalgia of this shoe for something that I'm not even picking up for myself has been crazy mm -hmm. so I have such a good taste in my mouth from this release and Kev, we've got lots of friends who were looking wow. for pairs and, you know, we're in a big group chat of, what is it, 20, 25 people. So I think probably 50% of the guys hit, you know, there's not a lot of L's that are being taken, which I'm, I'm very happy about. So kudos, big kudos. You yeah. will see more of the reimagined. There's the white cement threes right. in yes. February all-star yes. release. So yeah. they're going to be doing some uh, tinkering with the three as far as that goes. So I think this is going to be a theme moving forward. So mm -hmm. it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. You never know. Like this whole going back to the in-store, signing up raffles, picking up whatever, you know, it could have a lot to do with the fact that, you know, we're kind of a little bit past COVID now, but it kind of ties into that story of this whole lost and found thing, you know, just going to the store and actually picking up shoes and, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, kudos to that. But um yeah, for me, shout out. I just actually want to shout out Sneaker Dads. So he's back now. He was on a little bit of a hiatus, you know, rightfully so. He went 100 episodes straight. Sorry, 100 weeks straight, actually, with an episode each week. Took a little break, which was much deserved, but he is back with, you know, his next season. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. So shout outs to Heads Ain't Ready, uh, John Ratner, who's the host of that show. But he is back. His first episode was with Bobito. So I'm, uh, if you mm -hmm. haven't heard it already, super dope podcast. And uh, just excited for more content from Mr. John Ratner, Heads Ain't Ready. So shout out to him. Yes, sir. And Collie stepped away. So yeah. yeah, so something about we or Adidas yeah. or Project <laughs> yeah. Rocks, whatever. Yeah. What if you feel like a shout out there? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, man, we appreciate you being on, man. This is a lot of fun. And yeah, definitely appreciate it, man. We'd love to have you back on at some point. This was this was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You guys take care. All yeah, right. man. Thank you, man. As always, you can find us on Instagram at In Kicks We Trust. Make sure you use the hashtag In Kicks We Trust for a potential feature. And you can find me on Instagram at Trevsky63. Colin's not here, but you can find him at The Hollywood Life. Follow his link tree. Go to all the links. Check out all his YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, where can, can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Kevin K. Man. And Steve, where can they find you? And make sure to shout out your YouTube as well. So they can find me over on Instagram at 23MJ88. And if you type the same and or sneaker S-N-K-R tech talk over on YouTube, you can find me over on uh, YouTube, you know, putting in the hours and the grind as far as the performance reviews go. So check me out on either platform and don't be scared to ask a question because I'm always willing to answer anything you guys got. Dope. Love it. Steve, man, as we said, thank you. We appreciate you jumping on. This was a lot of fun. Guys, everyone stay safe and be well. We will see you all next week.